When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, what's up? It's I'm Electric Finish. It's show 85, can you believe it? On the Pantheon Podcast Network. We're, We're your almost hosts. 100. We're almost 100. We're your host, Court and Amy. Um, this show today is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now. Um, would like some help and some tools. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest assets. And special offer to I'm going to let you finish. Listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U, all lowercase. That's help. BetterHelp.com slash I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U, lowercase. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast episode. And we are going to we are going to take advantage of that 10 percent discount right now. (laughs) Right now, because right now, because if you knew the shenanigans we go through before the show, yikes. Between I'm that, buying you that. Yeah. I'm buying you that for Lent. Mm-hmm. Do you buy presents for Lent? No, Lent, okay. Lent starts, but it does start. Today is Fat. We're taping on Tuesday. Today is Fat Tuesday, the last day before Lent. And uh, now onto a little more of a serious yeah. note. You know, we're kind of, um, you know, we try to bring you humor and our quirky little attitudes about a bunch of subjects in pop culture and music. But, you know, uh, we're not a serious show, but we can't start this show without talking about just the horrors that are going on in the world right now. And it's a really uncomfortable time. And I think a lot of people already been struggling because of this pandemic. And now we have this energy. So, you know, we send a lot of prayers to the people of Ukraine. And we also have to acknowledge that, unfortunately, we're seeing bits of racism popping its head up during this ugly time of war. And it's just, this is, this is the worst part about a war. It just brings out the worst in everybody. And I just want this to be over. It's completely, it's unnecessary. It's terrible. And I don't even understand what the end game is supposed to be. Well, the end game is that Putin is a maniac and Ukraine is filled with minerals and oil. 
Right. I mean, that's kind of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, war is horrible. Uh, the Ukrainian people are, like Wu-Tang, no one to fuck with. Okay. Right. And um, we could get into a whole nother discussion about how it's really interesting when the refugees look a certain way. Um, Europe welcomes them, but when refugees are from Syria or other countries, they're not as welcome, but there are cultural uh, similarities between Ukrainians and Poles. They speak the same language. It's ironic that Poland is certainly suddenly looking good considering that they're not in great shape either. But all that said, support Ukrainian businesses. If you live in New York, there are a lot of Ukrainian businesses. And yeah, let's just hope that uh, this ends and ends as well as it can considering that we're there at war. Well, the right. one thing I'm going to say is, and then we can we can go into the next subject because I have to say this is that yes, but the human condition when people are running from war, especially this one, stopping African students at the border, you can't invite all of the students to come. We've got great cheap medical school. These these students have homes. They're not asking to settle down in Poland. This morning I saw a BBC reporter on the Polish side really just shine a light on this, saying that there are people on the other side of the border in Poland holding up signs, we'll help you drive to Warsaw, well, everything. So the group of Black students went and they were turned down by everyone. And then uh, the white family came behind them and they got a ride. Or then finally they got a ride to Warsaw, but they were each made to pay 40 US dollars to get somebody to take them to Warsaw so that they could get to their embassy to go home to Nigeria. That kind of stuff to me shows the worst in humanity at the same time, you know? So, and I'm also tired. Well, let me not even get into the subject because that will totally change this show, but I'm not really fucking with Janet Street Porter or Anna Navarro right now. And for those two, it's like, guess what? When Black people are telling you that this is happening to them, don't come with a but and my friend and maybe and this and that. That's bullshit. And we're over it. War is horrible on everybody. If somebody is fleeing war, you fucking help them flee this war, especially this one here right now. All the other stuff around the world, I know it's all complicated, but right now we see Russia coming through with tanks. So if you're at the border and you have your passport, those people aren't trying to stay in Poland. People want to go home. That being said, let's start the show. Okay. You want to talk? I didn't watch any. I watched a little bit of the SAG Awards. I didn't really see them. Well, it was a weekend of awards. First, Saturday night was the NAAC Image Awards. And Image Awards means if you're Black and you've put something out this in the last year, you won an award. So they all came together for an award show with no audience. But I do think, I do think that uh, the winner of the night was Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige on Saturday night at the Image Awards. Again, showing why she's Mary J. Also, the winner of the Super Bowl (laughs) and Saturday is Mary J. Blige. Like, I don't think anybody has gotten as much as a bump and the energy that she has gotten right now. You know, so we love her. You love the performance. She looked beautiful. She sounded great. And it reminded me of why I like her, you know? Yeah, I only saw actually that part of it. Um, I didn't even know the I'm not saying this to be dismissive. I didn't know the awards were on. They were on like a, you know, a very small network. Well, I only knew because my friend was uh, writing about writing and doing some writing for the show. And I was like, when is it? And she was like, Saturday. I was like, this Saturday? And then Sunday was the SAG Awards. It was a bunch of actors doing actory things. Do you know the SAG Awards? That's one where they always start and they sit at the table and they're like, 
I like to dream. I like to love that. I actually, you know, I'm an actor. Do you love that part of it? To me, that's so actory, actory. It drives me nuts a little bit. (laughs) I know, but sometimes the majority of people think that actors are super rich. One percent of actors are probably making a real living. No, I find it fun. It's a, it's fun. It's a chance for the goof around. It was nice Mm -hmm. to see an award show with people in the room with each other. I have not seen Squid Game. Uh, I don't want to see Squid Game Mm -hmm. for many reasons. you know, it has nothing. I just not interested. Um, but clearly it must be great. And People the reactions it. of those actors, uh, I, like I said, I was switching mm-hmm. back and forth. The reaction of those actors to me summed up what being an actor is all about because right. they were truly, truly shocked yeah. and truly, truly honored. Grateful. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you expect succession to win. And right. they deserve to win. But to see these two people who are brand new to an English speaking audience witness mm. the fact that they spoke no English. Right. And it proves that we are international. And um, Will, congratulations to Will Smith, who for his 20 plus year career won his first SAG award for King Richard. And he won the Golden Globe. So right now he is the front runner for the Oscar. And I would, you know what? I would like to see Will Smith win an Oscar. He's been box office for a long time. People love him. You know, he drives me nuts in him and all Some, of that. Well, shit. I don't know. You know. Well, I love him. I, I'm a big Will Smith fan. I'm very happy to see what he's accomplished coming from, yeah, yeah, you know, a hip hop star to being one yeah, of yeah, the biggest true. movie stars in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would like true. to see him win an Oscar to cap a, a, a long Maybe it'll career. make up for his early uh, his early career homophobia. Yeah, but you know, it's it's an interesting thing, the choices that you make when you're young. And I like when yeah. he talks about it now and he says he would have done it differently and he would have done the kiss. But remember, who did he listen to back then? He went to Denzel and all of those black guys were like, you can't do that. You can't kiss a man on camera, right. you know? So that that goes into a whole other conversation. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of people won awards. Wah, wah, voo, 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 and then it happened. What else happened okay. this weekend? Um, well, Saturday Night Live came back. Well, it oh didn't come back. It's been on the whole time. Um, I, oh my John God. Mulaney was the it host. It was actually of- a funny one. It was really <laughs> It was actually a funny, funny. You know, it's rare when it's funny these days. No, so it was really one, funny. You call everybody like, did you see it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't it? watch it in real time because mm-hmm. I'm old. But <laughs> I have to say, look, it, I I am not going to. John Mulaney's personal life really does not concern me in the least. I'm not yeah. sleeping with him. I'm mm-hmm. not having, you know, would I get involved with a man six weeks out of rehab? No, I would not. <laughs> but that's me. Mm-hmm. Um I have always found him to be extremely funny. He's a really great writer. Mm -hmm. And when he is on that show, everybody brings their A plus game. And one of the highlights of the show are always his (laughs) for a straight man. He has more of a heart on musicals. He he cannot wait to get his Broadway on every time he gets on. So this time he always does these ones that are very much. Hey, New York, you know, you know, about sketchy places to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing just with this yeah. one about the churro ladies. And if you guys, have li- you guys who listen to this show, I'm you sorry. know, the churros have been a recurring theme in the almost three years of doing I'm this sure. show. One of the saddest things about not writing. I got into churros. I was into churros and then I stopped eating churros for a while mm-hmm. because, you know, mm-hmm. they are donuts. Basically, mm-hmm. they're they're long donuts and 
But he did a bit about the churro ladies, which was hilarious. But tell them the line of the show, because it was it was a lot. See, I don't know if you guys see it. If you're not from New York and I know all of my New Yorkers get this, especially if you're of a certain age. Right. When they did the little fiddler on the roof moment. And when he goes, wow, is that really the cast of Fiddler? And he was like, no, just lunchtime at B&H. That is such a New York City joke. I mean, such a New York City joke. Yeah, you would have to know. And it and it and it's like, <laughs> sorry. right? I mean, it's, when we first started this show, the show, Courtney li- and I went to B and H to look at right. microphones, right? And it's literally like working. It's, it's like walking into Temple with salespeople. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then what is it? The unidentifiable liquid on the store, and the conductor was like, "This is the F train going over the Q tracks, skipping non <laughs> skipping stations because I feel like it. Because I is, feel which like is it. Which is what the subway fucking feels like. I love so it. No, many I love times. It. The only disappointment for me is that usually Pete Davidson is in those skits and he and uh, and in in an odd twist of fate, Pete Davidson, who had all sorts of issues with substances and mental Mm -hmm. illness and Mm -hmm. Mulaney was his sober coach and then reverse. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of a bummer not to see Pete Davidson because he does give that like, I'm just going to have a churro thing. But Mm -hmm. it was I remember calling you up and went, oh, oh, my God. Um, All right. What else is on the agenda, my friend? Um, I don't know. It's cold and I hate it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, well, it's winter. It's winter. Do we want to? No um, albums we... have come out that I love. Like, what's Nothing. going on? Right. It's such a weird period of music right now. It's like. It is, right? Where's where's the where the, where's the music? <laughs> well, let me tell you something really <laughs> like, funny. And then we're going to bring on our fabulous special guest. We forgot mm-hmm. to mention. I forgot. To, uh, I My bad to mention that we have a special guest today. Holly George Warren, the Grammy nominated writer, musician, uh, and organizer of an upcoming festival. We got the beat telling our stories, taking our claim. A happy uh, Women's History Month to you. Happy. Thank you so much. I know (laughs) you are. I know that you... Caddy. Yeah, caddy. I, I am caddy. woman. Hear me wrong. And numbers too big to ignore. And I won't. You know that me. I have a personal vendetta. I, I love. <laughs> personal vendetta. I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> right. Snap out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like. I'm sorry. What are words that you did not wake up in the morning and think I'm going to hear today in 2022? Oh, you know, I have a personal vendetta. (laughs) Because she gave birth to somebody who owes me $4,000. That's all I'm going to say. It's not her fault. (laughs) She should have known them when he was a child to tell him to pay what he owes people. Well, remember, it was his father who bankrupted her. She had to go back to work. Oh, okay. It's totally all the money. So, right, you know, it's totally kinda, the it runs right. in the Thank you. All right, I take it off. The fatwa has been lifted against Helen Reddick. I will go home and listen to, what was her big other and I woman? Delta Dawn, Dawn. Oh, so, and then she had the one with, that ain't no way to treat yeah. a lady. And right, Angie which her Pace. son <laughs> sort of listened to a little bit more before owing me four thousand dollars but that anyway, he still, wait that he still owes you oh yeah it's been so long it's probably right. uh, thank god he wasn't going to pay me in rubles because right. <laughs> but anyway we're going to introduce our friend our friend holly's going to come on she is as i said a grammy award-winning for her liner notes she has written 18 books which is 18 more right. than i've probably Eight read in my teeth. life wait 
And the scope is kind of crazy. It's no, it's like, kind of crazy. There's cowgirls. There's history of the first years of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's yeah, Janis yeah, yeah. Joplin. I mean, she has written a lot. It's, yeah, it's such and, a broad spectrum. And Holly and I go back many, many years. But because we have grown children, we probably won't talk about that. <laughs> so <laughs> let's bring in the absolutely adorable Holly George Warren, who is coming in through the magic of technology and i promise i will never say i have a vendetta <laughs> I, it's very rare that you see courtney spit take i am glad that none of you saw that mm. holly I mean, george warren howdy 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 coming in from your mic's not on your mic's not on <laughs> I thought this was a podcast. You were supposed to just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to do that. But, you know, sometimes sometimes and then we're going to have everything in, in subtitles. Mm-hmm. Pick your language right. that you'd like it to be. And really, <laughs> really, you know how to do my name in sign language. So, mm-hmm. oh, do you? Okay, oh, nice. excellent. Holly, Courtney, Courtney, Holly. Howdy. Courtney, good to meet you. Congrats on the very cool podcast. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. We, we like to call it fuckery on wheels, honey, because it it's is. like fuckery that just keeps rolling down the slippery slope. And this morning, <laughs> the wheels were falling off. <laughs> this morning, the wheels were falling off. Yes, and I, the here that I always love it when other people have wheel falling off problems because mm-hmm. I always think it's just me, you know. Oh, so. no, no. oh no, that's that's not no, no, no. basis. No, yeah. we are we have wonderful microphones, but mm-hmm. my computer is five steps away from baby's first computer. <laughs> it's literally a close and play computer at this point. Holly, my friend, I told them that you and I have known each other for a really long time, but because we have children, we won't repeat some of our shenanigans, but I actually don't remember having shenanigans with you. I remember you were shenanigan affiliated, but never directly. No, I think we met like at a seven, right? We met at a seven. Yeah. Yeah. With the bad brains and Mm. all uh, of that, all of that. Maybe beastie boys when they were hardcore band. Yeah. Because Mm. your then boyfriend ran one seven one a, which was the recording studio where all were a grade for Mojo, all the, um, And, you know, shenanigans. And you're also we probably met at the pyramid because you were in the fabulous Das Fur Lines. Of course. Yes, uh, we Fun were. Fact, I remember <laughs> Das Fur Lines. I absolutely remember Das Fur Lines. Yay. Well, it was a good band. You know, we created the genre of punk polka. What can I say? We were pioneers. <laughs> Do you know, wait a minute. Have I ever told you this, that my first ex-husband um, was in polka side? No. Yes. From San Francisco. San Francisco punk polka yeah. band. Polka yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. They, they all got um, Kilbasi tattooed on their <laughs> arms. Yeah, they were amazing. We did a gig with them. With, oh, it was my God. Us. Yeah, it was us, Polka Side, Rotundi, an L.A. band, and uh, Brave Combo. We were the big four of the punk folk <laughs> movement. You know? I don't know why we haven't gotten, you know, nominated. Into the you know, maybe with the focus 
for sad reasons, but with the focus now on Eastern Europe and Poland, it may be time for your revival. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, you know, I've been working on a documentary about Nudie Cohn, the creator mm-hmm. of the nudie suit with the mm-hmm. everything from Elvis's gold lame suit to, of course, the Porter Wagner wagon wheels festooned with rhinestones, all the, you know, Gene Autry, et cetera. And, you know, he was from Kiev and, uh, there's been just so much, you know, the meme going around, as the kids say, uh, <laughs> you know, Nudie, the creator of the Rhinestone Cowboy is from the Ukraine and did it, it, which is true. He immigrated to this country in the early 1900s. Um, so, hey, what can I say? It all comes around. It all comes yeah. back to Kiev. Or mm-hmm. if you're our age, it was Kiev up until. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yes, oh, I know. Believe me, I need to I have to go in and change our film treatment because I have still have Kiev. And right. of course, having been a resident of little Ukraine, the East Village right. for right. 23, 24 years, where, you know, coming from North Carolina, I probably never even heard of the Ukraine. Right. And, right. Of course, I'd never had a pierogi or a kielbasa mm-hmm. or a stuffed cabbage in my life. So, of course, <laughs> Kiev was the coolest 24-hour. Oh, my oh, God. Right. The Ki- oh, you remember the Kiev so me- Fred used they- to live on Avenue C, like all of those spots in the East Village, First Avenue, Second Avenue. All of that was all of our haunts. Yeah. <laughs> and the Leshko's 99 cent mm-hmm. breakfast when I would get off oh. work at, at a seven at six 30 mm-hmm. in the morning. In fact, one of my finest moments is Wayne Kramer, the great Wayne Kramer said, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to go for breakfast? And the fact that he was paying for breakfast and I could get something extra mm-hmm. bringing the bill up to a whopping dollar <laughs> 50 was like, wow, right. He's mm-hmm. a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't, I mean, Wayne, that was the scene then it was just so right. convivial Wayne, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Wayne, I was in my first band around that time called the discords but um i was learning how to play guitar on my ex or my boyfriend's fender mustang guitar he gave me and uh wayne kramer and i made it an acquaintance at a7 he came over to my apartment on saint mark's between first and a and was showing me guitar tricks we actually wrote a song together which i have somewhere in my house (laughs) here's another wayne kramer we're going wayne kramer produced my second ex-husband's <laughs> debut single oh you're kidding he was in i was uh before we were met he was in the rousers oh okay yeah so this would be the father of father of lucian Un- unbeknownst mm-hmm. to most of my friends lucian actually does have a yep. father mm-hmm. you <laughs> are was, the father <laughs> there was a father of of and all right all right so we brought invite you to show a because i love you as you know, you. I'm, it's so nice to be loved. Mm-hmm. It is. It's nice to be loved. It really is. And on that note, we will end the show. <laughs> but it's Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. It's Women's History Month. And in honor of Women's History Month, you are throwing yes. the the boss, the, <laughs> the boss fucking no. slumber party slash slam jam event. We got the beat telling our story, staking our claim at the Bearsville Theater, March 25th to 27th. Please tell us all about it. It's going to be amazing. It's And by the way, the dudes are more than welcome, too. Um, we are toasting and celebrating the women of music, all the different aspects of the music business the creatives have gotten their clutches into and it's a whole weekend of performances panels screenings we have some amazing uh people we have legends we have upstarts it it kicks off on friday march 25th with a panel on women in radio so we're going to have the legendary meg griffin Mm -hmm. who 
that was the first time I ever heard a woman on radio was when I moved uh, to New York City from North Carolina in 1979. And there was Meg Griffin. Amazing. So she's going to be on this panel along with Sarah LaDuke, who's a big producer at WAMC, our big Albany NPR station. Palmyra Del Rand, incredible musician who's got a great show on Little Stevens Underground Garage on Sirius XM. This woman, Carmel Holt, who used to be at FUV, and now she started this incredible podcast uh, competition called She Rose. We'll, we'll take the bitch out. Um, I'm sure she would love to talk to you guys and have mm-hmm. a podcast drama. But um, she also now has a syndicated national radio show called She Rose, which is all about yes. Uh, playing women's music, you know, music by women, interviewing women. She's super awesome. Cool. She's going to be on there. So it's going to be a very cool panel. We're going to have a DJ playing music. And then Friday night, our first concert, the legendary Darlene Love. Oh, that's amazing. Who is just kicking ass. I love Darlene Love. I love Darlene Love. I love her. is incredible. I mean, that woman still can sing her butt off and she's got this incredible band. So I'm really, really excited about that. And then afterwards, we're having a PJ party with uh, screening 20 feet from stardom, the Oscar winning Grammy winning doc, of course, that covered Arlene's and others. uh, Mary Clayton and uh, Lisa Fisher, all of the legendary background. Great singers. Great film. So it'll be fun to see that. Then Saturday, we have a whole huge extravaganza beginning for those of us who want to be healthy I probably won't um, mm-hmm. a little yoga yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that <laughs> but um, we're going to and by the way we'll have food and drink available the whole time this area that uh, we're having this, these events it's um, the Bearsville Theater the legendary theater started by Dylan and Janice's manager Albert yes. Grossman back in the day after he died his wife who just passed away last year, Sally Grossman, completed it. And now this incredible woman um, named Lizzie Van came from England, huge music fan, an entrepreneur who built this organic baby food empire in England and now has come to America, lives here, loves the arts, loves music. And she has put so much uh, blood, sweat, tears and money (laughs) into Completely restoring and bringing this um, Bearsville Theater and all these surrounding restaurants. Also, uh, Todd Rundgren's Utopia Studio, which Albert Grossman built for him, to in- up to these high, high standards. It's just the setting is gorgeous. So we'll have this whole like playground uh, with the ghost of, you know, Janice and how do people get tickets? How do people um, how do people get tickets? So what you do is you go on to www. Uh, dot uh wait let me just make sure that's correct because i'm really bad i'm good at talking about stuff but to give the actual detail oh i uh, see details go to, yeah <laughs> go to com and then backslash we got the beat okay and i'm sure if you just google it it'll come up too but i heard there's a really good up. panel with um with writers Yes, one of the, <laughs> one of the highlights of the many great panels. Um, there's going to be a fabulous women in music journalism panel. So, of mm. course, starring Miss Amy Linden will be on that panel, and I'll be on that panel. Yay. And Amanda Petrosich, the fabulous uh, staff writer at The New Yorker, who's written yes. cool books about tracking down rare 78s, etc. 
um, oh, and I want to have like a kind of a legend in each of our panels who's been really doing this a long time. And for our panel, Amy, we've got uh, Joanna Hall. Oh. Who Actually, was a young woman writing, trying to break into music journalism, which was such a boys club, as we know, mm-hmm. in the late 60s at the Village Voice. Oh, wow. wow. In doing so, as you know, I wrote a biography of Janis Joplin. So mm-hmm. I'm speaking in floor. A fantastic. <laughs> no, a fantastic fantastic bio of Janis Joplin. Oh, thank you. Well, please when continue. Janice, <laughs> when Janis quit Big Brother and, or broke up the band and and went solo, she got so trashed by all the male critics and her first album, which I thought was, you know, everybody gave it such a bad review. When I went back to it, you know, a few years ago, decades ago, I'm like, this record is amazing. I got them old cosmic blues again, mama. Mm-hmm. Johanna Hall was the only person to give it a rave review. Everybody else kind of trashed it. So, of course, Janice appreciated that. And on one of her New York City sojourns, looked up Johanna Hall. They really hit it off, hung out. In fact, Joanne was commissioned to do a big feature story on her for the Village Voice. But for some reason, it never ran. However... The cool thing was Janice was going to do Pearl, needed some new material and said, Joanna, you're a writer. You're a woman. Write me a song. Mm -hmm. So uh, Joanna wrote Half Moon, which is a great song. My favorite song. My favorite Janice Joplin song next to. um, Yeah, no, it is my favorite Janice Joplin song. It's a great, great song. And it's based on stuff Janice was always talking about her boyfriend that ran off to Katmandu and da 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 da. So, you know, it came from their relationship, their friendship, the idea for the lyrics. And uh, Joanna's then husband, John Hall of Orleans fame later, uh, had written the music and then she came up with the lyrics. And uh, yeah, it was on the flip side of the 45 and me and Bobby McGee. So Joanna's going to be on the panel too. She went on to write songs for lots of other artists as well. So, hey, I actually have that 45. So now you're going to make me dig out that 45. I have Janice, me and Bobby McGee. On 45. I do. I have it on 45. Yeah. You've got to bring it to to Woodstock and get Mm -hmm. Joanna to autograph Mm -hmm. it. If you I'll get it. I'll get it autographed for you. Okay, I'll dig it out. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney (laughs) has a record collection that would make Bleaker Bob um, (laughs) envious. Wow. I would love to see that. Well, that's just a sample of the kind of panels we're going to have. We're going to have artist panels with Kate Pearson. And we're going to have guitar panels with uh, this fabulous um, guitarist, Deborah Devi, and the great Cindy Cash Dollar, who's played with everyone from Dylan to Dolly Parton. Oh, yes. Uh, Hold that thought. (laughs) She was in the sleep of the wheel for several years. She's amazing. We're going to have a women photography panel with the great Jeanette Beckman. Annie Bet Roberts, and they're going to be showing their incredible images and talk about breaking into that world in the 70s. We're going to have a whole tribute to Ronnie Spector. Oh, amazing. We love so much. And Kate Pearson is actually going to help me with that because, in fact, strangely enough, the last time I saw um, both the B-52s and Ronnie Spector, they were on a double bill at this incredible uh, fest called Nashville Boogie, mm-hmm. which was the summer of the book four times, the summer of 2019, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we're going to be doing that. We're going to have the great Joan Osborne, who has a very cool new record that just came out. I love She's her voice. She's hanging out the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a conversation with her Saturday afternoon, and then she's performing Saturday night on the main stage. And then we're having another PJ party after that with Barbara Koppel in attendance, the director of two Oscar-winning docs and many, many others. And her doc, 
shut up and sing on the chicks. We're going to screen that. And by the way, ice cream and popcorn and true PJ party tradition. Is it Nancy's that Nancy's um, ice cream? The Nancy's cream. Yes. Yes. It's going to be very good. (laughs) I may have to rethink my plans in terms of nighttime because that ice cream, Courtney, oh my God, Mm. this ice cream is like, frightening how good it is mm, really i love good. ice cream i no. love ice cream i'm this an is... ice cream guy i'm a completely an ice cream guy so <laughs> here's so here's the thing holly we've been uh each week breaking down and talking about uh some of the nominees for this year's rock and roll hall of fame now just so happens that you've written a book about everything from cowgirls to the first years of the rock and roll hall of fame. that's true so before we get into Dolly, who's one of the nominees, and I believe you're writing a book on her now, how did you decide, I want to write about the first years of the Rock Hall? Well, actually, the Hall of Fame came to me and asked me to do that book uh, with them to celebrate. That was the 25th anniversary of their induction ceremonies, which, mm-hmm. you know, started out as these kind of little kind of crazy um events at the Waldorf Astoria. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I sadly was, you know, was not welcome to the club at that point. So Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go to the first few, but I did have a a lot of friends that did. And then um, of course I have to tell a long yarn to answer your question, but the great, great Danny Fields, Mm -hmm. who I love dearly, who's amazing, um, was doing this induction book every year. Uh, he had done them for a couple of years and invited me to hang out and go with him to the induction the year that the Velvet Underground got in, which was mm-hmm. incredible. I got to sit with him at a table right next to all the members of the Velvet Underground and their mm-hmm. spouses, uh, you know, moms, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was cool. And I was running the book division at Rolling Stone at the time and called Rolling Stone Press, which Amy contributed to one of our books. And um, so I was in the book biz um, and they needed someone to take over for Danny because he wasn't going to do it anymore. So I started doing the induction book for them, which I would assign all the essays and work with the art director and the photo editor, put together this very cool book that we'd publish every year for the ceremony. So I started really learning the ropes from doing that book every year. And um, when that time rolled around for the 25th anniversary, they're like, hey, Holly, do you want to do this book? And because they had gotten a book deal and they needed someone to actually do the work. And so uh, it was really fun just to get to go back and go through the archives and look at some, you know, basically bootleg footage of those early days because they were not televised. It was a private affair and there were some crazy things that happened. (laughs) They were uh, supposed to be very raucous back then, you know, the good times. Rock and roll, like how yeah. rock and roll is. And no to be. time limit. Right. Yeah. So there's, you know, these legendary stories of like, you know, Mike Love calling out the Beatles, you know, like, hey, <laughs> you guys weren't half as tough as the Beach Boys were. And did he started like literally like this thing, the Beatles and I think the Supremes, too. I think it was the year I'm just remembering, gra- you know, I have only had one cup of coffee, so I'm not firing on all cylinders, but <laughs> The Supremes were getting in and he's like, oh, and Diana Ross didn't even bother to show up. And he was just like dissing all of his fellow inductees. And then Dylan got in that year and Dylan got up and he goes, first off, I just want to thank Mike Love for not mentioning me when he was on stage just now. (laughs) 
<laughs> but some, you know, some crazy times, people going off the, uh, off the, off the uh, meds or on the meds or something. On the med- I think on the meds that weren't prescribed. <laughs> I miss that. I miss when it was that and it was rock and roll. And now it's an HBO yeah. television show. So it's yeah. like, so, yeah. we have to cut this. We have to cut that. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. great. I mean, so- I'm, one of, I'm one of the knuckleheads that really loves the long rambling speeches. Me too. This is yeah. the yeah. moment. This is their life. This is their moment. They've it's been your, waiting for you're, this. You're giving yeah. somebody something for achievement for their life's work. Let them say yeah. what they need to say. This is what yeah. it is. And I, I have am- to say, it's like, you know, some of the people who really take it to heart and really are thrilled to be getting in mm. there, or, you know, other people are like, well, whatever. But for example, I also had the good fortune of um, getting to do a lot of interviews for this uh, very cool oral history program that the Hall of Fame has. Mm. So I've gotten to interview some of the inductees like the zombies, uh, Percy Sledge, mm. Wanda Jackson, and, you know, really go deep in their whole story, which is just incredible. It's such an honor to get to spend time with these people and hear like every little detail of their lives that led them to getting into the Hall of Fame. And I mean, I'll never forget hanging out with Percy Sledge and his family down in, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And the guy was just so amazing. He still he literally got tears in his eyes talking about the night of his induction ceremony and how much it meant to him. And so anyway, so, Listen, yeah, people so try to some artists try to shit on it, but it's an achievement. You know what I mean? It is it an is achievement. It, it and is. You're being an, been- your peers are saying. You had an influence on the world of music and it matters and you matter, you know, it's in it's in the obit when you die. Yeah. So, so let's bring us on to one of the inductees this year that you're writing a book on Dolly Parton. I feel like Dolly Parton is very deserving. I grew up in Dolly Parton. I grew up in country music. My mother is from the country of North Carolina. So, oh my God, I didn't know that. Where? Where? My mother is from Harrison Creek, which is outside of Wilmington, and our family still lives in Wilmington and Harrison Creek. You know? Oh my God, that's right. I go to the I go to the coast there. I go to the beach every summer. And we we spent every summer going down to to Wilmington, and you know, so. Country music is ingrained in me. And so is Dolly Parton. And then we got to watch Dolly. The thing about people saying crossover is Dolly crossed over, but she didn't change. She crossed over and always brought country with her. You know what I mean? Even when she did nine to five and she had the more pop leaning records that showed she could be a worldwide artist. That was still country Dolly Parton. And she wrote those songs. She produces those songs. She is an icon. She still performs. She is bigger than country. She is Dolly on every corner of this globe. And she is influential and absolutely, to me, belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. I totally agree with you. And also, you know, I think we have to remember that the roots of rock and roll do come from country music as well. And, you know, it's kind of a cliche now, but, you know, we used to say like, you know, the blues and country got together and they had a baby and his name was rock and roll or whatever. (laughs) But I feel like a lot of the um, pioneers of country music, there's some of them are in the Hall of Fame as early influences, you know, like Hank Williams and Bill Monroe. But you know, Dolly definitely comes from that songwriting tradition of Bill Monroe, of, you know, music and lyrics that reflect her where she's from. And just like Chuck Berry did, just like Little Richard did, you know. So there's all these important elements that I think um, should be recognized. And the fact that Dolly is still doing it 
after six decades right. to show and still relevant and still as relevant, if not more so in a lot yeah. of ways at a and very also, high level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's amazing. I mean, what an ear for melody that woman has and what a just, you know, non ending, uh, quest to continue to put down her thoughts and turn thoughts into lyrics and lyrics into songs. I mean, the woman is amazing. And also, I think, you know, looking at the song Jolene, for example, I mean, here's a song that's been covered from, you know, by everybody from the White Stripes on all over the genre map of music. So, again, I think her 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 incredible songwriting ability is just um, very influential. And she is a living link to that early um, Appalachian balladry, which mm-hmm. came of course from the Scotch Irish balladry, etc. But she's also got elements of the blues in there. You know, she loves the blues. She loves R and B, you know, she's loves um, rock and roll. So I think all these different elements you can hear reflected in her music. Do you think that, I mean, full disclosure, Holly and I are on the, the, the world, we're on the nominating committee. So we sort of are a little in, you know, but do you think that there, it's not a secret that there is a woman problem with a lot of institutions. Do you think that one of the things that have kept her out is that she's not viewed as seriously because of the Dolly isms of her? Um. That's hard to say. I mean, she her image is very unique. And yeah, she's always had this kind of uber feminine vibe about her. But there have been other people inducted that did have their own style in that regard. I, I think it's more, you know, I think if there are people awesome. looking at us country and they think country's yeah, not yeah. rock and roll and they have their own Hall of Fame in the Grand Ole Opry and right. probably think, why would we put her in here? That's not rock and roll. Yeah, just bullshit. And, and, Yeah, I think it, you know, I think the Hall of Fame mission is to recognize excellence in all the, you know, umbrella of genres that kind of together make this mix, you know, from, you know, hip hop to pop to R&B to, you know, metal to funk. I mean, all these different musical elements. I know myself. I grew up because I'm old. I grew up listening to AM radio in North uh, Carolina. Well, excuse me, my friend. You're preaching to your demo here. <laughs> we are. Okay, yeah, we, yeah. Listen for AM radio. But, you know, I would hear like a Johnny Cash song on the radio, then a right. Supreme song on the radio, then and an a album. cream and then a cream song and then a yeah. Beatles song. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, yeah. yeah. I listened to both because uh, growing up in New York. The New York, sorry, the New York country station was AM, AM right, on AM was. radio. And we listened to that. My, listen, in my mother's car, until the time I moved out of my house, was country music. Until that station, went away. I don't even remember the yeah. call letters of the station. but And it was I, a big deal when it came yeah, to New York. Yeah, too. absolutely. I remember that. Do we even have a country radio station in New York? I guess you don't. Do we even have radio stations? Do we have radio stations? Yeah, well, you know, they're advertising hubs that play five songs over and over and over again by the same four artists. Yeah. I wanted wanted to, because we've been sort of, like Courtney said, breaking down sort of the people who are nominated. I know that you and I share uh, an affinity for the New York Dolls. And um, yes. Yeah, she, she, for those of you who are listening, Holly put her hand. No, that was a full, no, she actually 
went back a little <laughs> and then the hand went to the heart like, yeah. oh my God, yes, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> if, if you have a mic there, it'd be making a weird sound. Yeah, it'd be like, Holly, could I you had take a your hand off the mic? mic? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'll tell my New York doll story now and I want you to, I have two. When I was about 12, Courtney, you'll know this department store. I was about mm-hmm. 12. My mom took me to May's department store. I remember in, May's. Mm-hmm. In, I think, Glen Oaks, Queens. Mm-hmm. And I was always allowed to get a back to school. You know, I'd get my back to school wardrobe. And for mm. putting up with that bullshit, um, <laughs> I could pick out an album that I wanted because that's mm-hmm. how they shut me up. Mm-hmm. And I remember pointing. I was in the record department pointing and I saw the New York Dolls poster for the first album. And I went, I want that mm. album. <laughs> and my mother went, no, <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting that album. Mm. And one of the things that attracted me to my second ex-husband was that we both had at least four or five copies in varying degrees of distress of the first two New York dolls records or the only, mm. you know, the first two. So I love the New York dolls, but Holly, I'd love to hear, explain to people why they are so worthy. Okay. Well, just to quickly tell you, when I first moved to New York, one of the first records that I bought that I hadn't been able to find in North Carolina, because back <laughs> then, I mean, I would, you know, go in quest to find certain records that you could not find easily. And I went to free being records on second Avenue a couple of doors down from the gym spa, the famous New York dolls photo session, Mm. et cetera, and got the New York dolls first album there and used of course, for like three 99 and just wore that record out. I got to see the heartbreakers actually of uh, Johnny Thunder's band post New York dolls. It still had some of that same kind of energy and played some dolls songs. I saw them at Max's Kansas city, Several times, thank goodness they were still around. And in fact, remember Gang War, uh, Johnny Thunders, and yes, with Wayne, I saw them. Yeah, Gang War, yeah. I saw Gang War. But there would not be punk rock would not exist. There would be no punk. There would be no Sex Pistols or Ramones. There would be no Green Day, if you know post punk stuff. If not for the New York Dolls, I mean, they kind of invented it, and also just. Um, Again, they wrote amazing songs. You know, their songs are earworms. They're trash. I mean, you know, you can just think of these songs that just stay in your head. Um, They were great songwriters and they personified rock and roll on stage. So let me ask you guys this question. Because you're both on this committee. They have been on this ballot so many times. And that room, if they're this influential, these people are always screaming, that's not rock and roll, da, da, da. Why is it that they're not in? And do you think this year will make a difference? Well, they're nominated. That's the thing. They're, the room, I think, gets it. Right. But what about I, everyone else? Well, so I, all right. I'll say in the any I, record. What? Courtney, they, they never sold any records. I was going to say, do you think it's because they don't have an identifiable have one pro- song that somebody can say that? profile, song? number one. Right. They never sold any records. They never really toured, mm-hmm. really. I mean, they did. Uh, they did, uh, Bert, you know, Midnight Special or one of those kind of weird shows back mm-hmm. then. Um, I they think did that weird tour of England where Malcolm McLaren dressed them up in those weird kind of oh, in, the, in the communist red it. leather. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And tried to turn them into a political band, tried to turn like a guy from Queens yeah. and a guy from Staten Island to a, into a post Marxist band. Yeah, that went so, well. So if you have somebody listening right now who's not in who's not in a room, but they're a voter, what's the pitch to say you uh, need to vote for them? They this year? invent it's like Holly said, first off, they played with gender and, and flamboyance and in a way that the British got down really well with glam, but they did it in such a quintessentially messy New York. It wasn't 
like they were trying to look like the Ronettes for Christ's sake. Right. They weren't interested in looking like space oddity fabulous. They right. were a messy, a, a a noticeably messy, but yet unbelievably fantastic pop craftsmen. They wrote fantastic three minute pop songs. And they were just messy and they were, I never got to see the old incarnation. Mm. I saw the the more current incarnation. David Johansson is one of the great front men. You people probably know him as Buster Poindexter, mm. an utter showman. But I think Holly's right. They didn't have a profile. Their records didn't sell well. They were seen as sort of a joke that only industry people got. Mm. But you don't have, you know, people talk about all this pop punk revival shit mm. going on right now. That doesn't exist without the New York Dolls. Full out doesn't exist. So I mean, if I'm listening to you guys today and I say, all right, well, I want, what's a song that I would, should I listen to that would be a great jumping off point that would trash. make me say, wow, okay. Or, or personality, personality crisis. Personality crisis. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a song that's still relevant today. Personality <laughs> crisis is it. If you listen to the lyrics, but also it's just got, it's catchy as hell, you yeah. know? Jet and, boy. Yeah. yeah. Jet boy. I, I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, it, it is an acquired taste in the sense if you're looking for brilliant fretsmanship and musicianship, you do not go to the New York Dolls. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for pure adrenaline attitude, New York swagger, right? I mean, you go to the New York Dolls and Johnny Thunders, hugely influential, you know, hugely influential. Great, great songwriter. I mean, one oh. of my favorite songs of all times um, is a song that he wrote post the Dolls. You can't put your arms around oh, them. Right. The cover, the Ronnie Spector cover of that song. Every time I hear it, I my eyes well up with tears. Well, even when I every time I hear Johnny Thunder's version, it's now that song has been actually popping up occasionally on, you know, soundtracks on TV shows and streaming shows and movies and stuff every once in a while. So I keep hoping it's going to maybe be one of those earworms that takes people into Johnny Thunders, into the New York Dolls, and maybe somehow they will get their due and recognition for what they did. You know that that song was inspired from a line from the Honeymooners. No, I did not. Yeah, where um, um, Ralph says to Alice, you can't put your arms around your a memory. And she says, I can't even put my arms around you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! That's because so he's so awesome. fat, Courtney. I think you would love the Johnny Thunders covers album too. He did mm. with Patty Palton, Copycats. Oh. I'll take it out. You, yeah, I think you would really love that because it speaks to that pure. You love it, Courtney. Loves a chanteuse. I, and I love a chanteuse, and <laughs> I love a non-singing girl with a really high production budget. It's my favorite <laughs> shit on the planet. Give me costumes. Give me plumes. <laughs> Give me questionable motherfucking vocals with fireworks. Well, then and you water. would love the New York Dolls. <laughs> I'm completely into it. Wait, except for the high production values, <laughs> you, know, you would love the New York Dolls. Can I just well, say you said something that made me really happy, and it reminded me of something. And I'm glad that we're seeing a revival of record stores coming back. You saying I saw that poster and I said I want that because I discovered so much music that way. That's how I discovered Nina Hagen when I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Whatever that is, I want that's, it. That's my tribe, and I, bought, I want it. And I bought the album, you know, with African reggae on it because I was like, Nita Hagen Band, they look nuts. These are my people. You know right. what I mean? And I think that having record shops come back, it's really important because. You think you you're going there for one thing, but discovering and looking. I love the art. You know, art really still gets me interested in a project. I'll look at something and be like. 
this is really interesting. I wonder what this music sounds like, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we're seeing a return to that with, at least as far as vinyl, right? Because vinyl has made such a resurgence. So all of these vinyl shops are having this thing. And I don't care if some people are collecting it for us. Cool. I don't care. Buy it and play it. Nothing is... Record Store Day is coming up pretty soon too, right? It is. Yeah, it is coming up. It's it's April 18th, I Every day is... Courtney is, like Mm -hmm. I said, his... I, uh, when we first started doing the podcast, I was getting rid of a lot of vinyl. Mm-hmm. And I remember I invited Courtney over and went here, you can have this stuff. And he, he, <laughs> he, you know, we're obsessed with the pet shop boys on this, <laughs> on this show, right? Oh, cool. <laughs> we are obsessed with them. Um, that's our dream. Our dream is to, well, I've met the pet shop boy, <clears throat> but we do love them. But Courtney came over. Courtney has an ear. I got, I, I will give that anybody who's got an ear, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's one thing I, I love about people who love music is that we, it matters to us at the end of the day with all the politics and the nonsense and whatever, it fundamentally does matter to us, you know? And, and that's a real, it that's does. a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted, wanted to ask you, Holly, cause we always talk about what we're listening to currently and um, I was Courtney usually had, I was going to mention something. Courtney mentioned something, but what are you kind of checking on? It doesn't have to be a current band, but what are you listening to? I've, I've actually been listening to a lot of Jack Kerouac's spoken word um, backed up by jazz players and stuff. Cause I'm currently writing a biography of Jack Kerouac and his 100th birthday is on oh March 12th. Is that who Jack is named after? No. Oh, okay. I do like the name Jack, but. Uh, are you writing two books at one time? Well, the Dolly book. <laughs> she's like, I mean, she's like, I she keeps casually dropping. Well, you know, right, right. now I'm writing oh, and this then, book. I'm like, is there like four? Like, like. All I can you- say is, all I can say is, you can tell I'm a Libra because, <laughs> as far as balance, to balance the very heavy story of Jack Kerouac with the amazing empowered story of Dolly Parton, it's it's kind of it's the way I it's the way I rock, man. What can I nice. say? Nice. Wait, wait. In the middle of a festival that you put together as well, too. Let's not forget about yeah. right. <laughs> I, you know, what they say down in North Carolina, idle hands are the devil's workshop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that seems like a perfect place for us to end. Holly, thank you so much for gracing us and coming on today. And guys, remember the We Got the Beat Women in Music Summer is at Bearsville. It's at the Bearsville Theater, March 25th through 27th. Go on the website, get those tickets. It is, listen, if you love the music industry or the entertainment industry, if you are a woman, this is a one stop shop. Hear from the women who did it wrote the book on it, literally, (laughs) sang it, went on the road, built the road, lit the road, did everything. You know what I mean? Wrote about the road. So guys, make sure you you get those tickets. And men, you're welcome too. Yes, you are welcome, men. I just want to very quickly say that March 3rd is World Hearing Day. I am someone who suffers from tinnitus, as I'm sure a lot of us do. It's uh, the Hearing Health Foundation is the largest nonprofit funder of hearing research in the U.S. So please support this. Uh, Take care of your ears. We're all people who love music. Take care of your ears. Be aware of it. Um, You're not alone in this. And so uh, 
listen to us and make sure there's no ringing in your ears when you do it. Courtney, would you, um, you want to take us out? And Holly, thank you so much. Thank you Thanks so for much, having Holly. me. I want to come back. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're, Holly, oh, you have, you have you an have open standing invitation. invitation. Standing if you ever want to come back, you say, hey, I have some shit I want to talk really? about. Pick All your right. day. And you and, will, I want to hear you and Courtney come. North Carolina <laughs> bond, number you one. You know what I mean? And, I would I much rather talk than write. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I missed. There was two things I missed in Wilmington. There was this hamburger stand stop called the 3D Chow Box, where we would go get a cheeseburger deluxe every day across the street from the from the 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 Holiday Inn where where we would stay. And right up the road, there was the diner. It was called Whitey's, and they had the best grits. They have the best ham biscuits and sausage biscuits. And uh, just let me just tell you something. I couldn't live in the South because I would be 900 pounds because it is all the food I like. So it's like, no, 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 this cannot happen because I will. It's just all the food I like. It's hard to be a vegetarian in the South. So you guys know the deal. Follow us on Instagram at I'm going to let you finish NY. Follow us on Twitter at Finish I'm a, We still hate that name. Follow <laughs> us on Facebook. I'm going to let you finish all one word. You're listening to us. Share, leave a review, tell a friend, and uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Holly. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.